Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, Piedmont Crossroads, The Path to Preservation. We do have another interesting historic topic lined up for you today, but before we start, I want to share some exciting news. You may remember that last month we discussed the situation of the Aldi assemblage. We urged our listeners to write in and let the Loudoun County Supervisors know that we support the offer made by the Piedmont Environmental Council to take ownership of that parcel, and I'm excited to let you know today that your voice was heard. The Loudoun County Board of Supervisors voted 7-2 to two to move forward with PEC's offer, and the details should be finalized later this year. This is a massive win for the preservation community here in the Heritage Area, and we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you for doing your part in our mission of preservation through education. Today we'll be talking about a preservation success story over in Clark County and discussing the history of historic Carter Hall. This story is an exciting one and one that shows the full possibilities of historic heritage stewardship. So let's get started. I'm here now with VPHA Director of Education, Travis Shaw. Thanks for joining us today, Travis. Thank you so much, Alex. It's a pleasure as always. Uh, Travis, maybe you could start out by telling us a little bit about the early history and settlement of Clark County as a whole. Sure. So the first European settlers to arrive in Clark County are going to come in the decades around the middle of the 18th century. And what really sets them apart from a lot of their neighbors in other parts of the heritage area is it's a very kind of socially and ethnically homogenous group. You know, in many other parts of the heritage area, we have German settlers and Quakers coming from Pennsylvania. We have the Scots-Irish. That's not really the case in what will become Clark County. Uh, many of the settlers that are arriving at this time are wealthy English planters from the Tidewater part of Virginia. We're talking about the younger sons of many of the first families of Virginia. If you go to a cemetery, an old cemetery in Clark County, you're going to see names like Meads and Birds and Lees. Uh, and that's really the result of one man, uh, Thomas Fairfax, the sixth Lord Fairfax. He is uh, going to inherit the entire Northern Neck propriety, this massive, massive land grant of everything between the Rappahannock and the Potomac Rivers. And as part of managing this vast estate, he is going to come to America as the only member of the British peerage to live here in the colonies. And he is going to establish a country residence in what is now Clark County near White Post, a place called Greenway Court. And so his presence here is going to attract a lot of kind of these very affluent kind of socially climbing families here in Virginia. And many, many families are going to receive vast tracts of land from Fairfax, you know, hundreds or even thousands of acres. And it's those settlers that really define Clark County history as a whole during the 18th and 19th centuries. They really transplant their tidewater culture to the Shenandoah Valley. So we're talking large plantations. We're talking about a reliance on enslaved labor. The only real difference is instead of tobacco cultivation, it's wheat. Wheat becomes the big cash crop. And that's also reflected in the landscape today with the number of mills you see. And that's going to play into our story a little, little bit later on. And what can you tell us about how Carter Hall got its name? So Nathaniel Burrell is the great-grandson of Robert Carter I, also known as King Carter. Um, he was a land agent for Lord Fairfax, uh, so he's heavily involved in all of the land transactions that happened in Virginia in the uh, 17th century. And so he's an incredibly wealthy guy, one of the big kind of powerhouse families of colonial Virginia. Um, so he's directly descended from that family. His father was named Carter Burl as a result. And so he takes on the name uh, Carter Hall for his home. 
And for those who haven't been there, where exactly is Carter Hall? And you know, what are some of the other nearby historic landmarks that our, inter- our listeners might be interested in? So Carter Hall is located directly on the north side of the village of Millwood. So if you're heading out of Millwood in the direction of the old chapel, you're going to see Carter Hall, or at least the gates to Carter Hall, on your right, kind of on the east side of the road as you're heading north. Uh, It's very, very close to kind of the center of Millwood, uh, less than a mile from the Burl Morgan Mill, um, located kind of directly across the road from the Cunningham Chapel. And for those who haven't had a chance to see it yet, what does Carter Hall look like today, and how has its appearance changed over the years? So when it was initially built, Carter Hall is kind of this massive central block, very late Georgian-style home, um, built of stone and originally covered with stucco. And then on either end of the home were uh, one-story wings attached to it. Uh, Over the years, the appearance has changed significantly. A massive kind of classical-style portico was put on the front of the house in the early 1800s. In the early 20th century, the stucco was removed. Some of the more decorative elements of the home were removed, uh, exposing the limestone that the house is constructed with. Um, So now, as it stands, it's a massive stone house with wings on either side, and as I said, that kind of really definitive portico on the front, um, very characteristic of the era. And now, could you tell us a little bit more about one particular gentleman, Nathaniel Burl? Who was he? What did he do? Where did he come from? And what was it that brought him out into the Shenandoah Valley? So Nathaniel Burl is very, very typical for the class of gentlemen I was just talking about, one of these Tidewater planter families coming into the Shenandoah Valley. Um, He's a member of one of the most prominent families in eastern Virginia, a family that owns thousands and thousands of acres of land in the Tidewater, and he is also going to turn that into a prominent political career in the 1770s and 1780s. He's a member of the House of Burgesses. He's a member of Virginia's ratifying convention. So again, we're really talking about kind of the 1% of Virginia aristocracy in the late 18th century. Uh, He, through his family, inherits about 5,000 acres in the Shenandoah Valley. Again, one of these grants uh, from Fairfax that's been kind of kicking around his family for a while. And in the 1780s, he's actually going to leave the Tidewater and come out to the Shenandoah Valley and try to establish a plantation out here. He's going to uh, first kind of get into a business partnership with Daniel Morgan, the great hero of the Revolutionary War, who's living out in Clark County. Uh, together, they are going to um, have the Burl Morgan Mill built right there in Millwood, a very, very large uh, merchant mill. So this is a mill not necessarily for local production, but to process mass quantities of grain uh, for the export market. So this is a money-making industrial enterprise. And just up the road from the Burl Morgan Mill, um, almost within sight of it, he is going to establish a plantation that he is going to refer to as Carter Hall. Um, Work on Carter Hall begins in like the 1790s. It's going to take several years to complete. But by the time it's finished, it is the largest plantation in Clark County, um, largest enslaved population in Clark County at its height. There are over 200 individuals working there. So it's an absolutely massive operation that dwarfs almost everything else in the area. Um, Really kind of a a testament to Nathaniel Burrell's influence. And now, Travis, we also know about one other prominent Virginian who had a connection to the residents, 
So what can you tell us about Edmund Randolph's relationship to Carter Hall? So Edmund Randolph is actually a cousin of Nathaniel Burroughs. And like Nathaniel, his career takes a very similar trajectory. Um, he's very heavily involved in politics and the law from a young age. Um, you know, he's going to learn both from his father, John Randolph, and from his uncle, Peyton Randolph, two of the kind of legal titans of colonial Virginia. Uh, from there, he's going to work as an aide-de-camp to George Washington briefly during the Revolutionary War. Uh, he's going to serve as a delegate to the Continental Congress, to the Constitutional Convention, to Virginia's ratifying convention. He's going to serve as governor of Virginia at one point. So really an incredible statewide political career that he is then going to parlay into a political career on the national stage. He's going to be the first attorney general of the United States, and he's also going to serve as secretary of state under Washington. So a remarkable political career, kind of one of the founding fathers that we've really forgotten about at this point. Um, he does a lot to establish the American uh, federal judicial system and so forth. So he's going to retire, and when he retires, his cousin Nathaniel is going to invite him to come and stay out at Carter Hall, and he'll actually spend the rest of his life there at Carter Hall and will die there in 1813. And he and most of the Burrell family are actually buried just up the road from Millwood at the Old Chapel Cemetery. A really remarkable place to go and see, again, all of these, these very important early founders of Clark County. Now, you've taken us into the 19th century. So what can you tell us about the history of the home during the 1800s? So the antebellum period, through the Civil War, and then on into Reconstruction. So the Burrell family is going to continue to live at Carter Hall through the 19th century. Uh, Nathaniel Burrell himself will die in 1814, and the house will pass to his son, Nathaniel Jr. Now, Nathaniel Jr. is another interesting character. He's one of the main driving forces behind the creation of Clark County in the 1830s, um, the effort to split Clark County off from Frederick County and establish it as its own independent jurisdiction. Um, so by the beginning of the Civil War, the property is now owned by George Burrell, who is an ardent secessionist. Um, again, this is one of the largest plantations in the area, one of the largest enslaved populations in that part of the Shenandoah Valley. Of course, all this is going to change drastically during the war. Carter Hall is going to be frequented by soldiers from both armies during the war. They're going to be, of course, taking livestock, taking crops, uh, many of the enslaved people are going to use the presence of the United States Army in the area as a means of self-emancipation. They're going to run away from Carter Hall. A um, lot of different personalities come through the area and stay at Carter Hall. Probably one of the most famous visits is going to come uh, late in the fall of 1862 when Stonewall Jackson and his staff will stay there. Um, according to tradition, Mr. Burrell offered the house to Jackson and his staff. Jackson demurred, decided that he was going to camp out in a tent in the yard despite the cold weather. Uh, and then later on during that stay, Jackson's personal surgeon, Dr. McGuire, is going to perform cataract surgery on George Burrell on the front porch of the plantation. So um, really an interesting little moment during the Civil War, but the uh, the property is going to suffer heavily during the war, kind of the depredations of both sides, and of course the loss of their, their labor. So it's a really um, 
it's a period of tremendous change. Uh, many of the enslaved people who were there will remain in the area after emancipation. Um, they're going to form the nucleus of a small African-American community around Millwood. Um, there's even a Millwood Colored School, um, and that, that's the name of the school that was established in the 1860s. It's established by an African-American veteran of the United States Army, uh, and that is going to be specifically established to educate many of the people who were emancipated from Carter Hall and other surrounding plantations. So it, it, Carter Hall is really integral to that story as well. Very interesting. Now, take us up into the 20th century. So by the 1930s, Carter Hall is under the ownership of a wealthy socialite named Gerald Lambert, and he is going to oversee a massive renovation of the home, um, really kind of overhauling the entire interior and exterior of Carter Hall. Uh, and most of that work is going to be done under the guidance of a very famous New York architect of the period, a guy named H.T. Lindeberg. Uh, Lindeberg is going to oversee kind of the rearranging of the central hall of the house, um, expansion of many of the interior rooms. He's also going to um, include a lot of new woodwork. All the original colonial era or, or 18th and 19th century woodwork is going to be ripped out, replaced with kind of a, a neo-Georgian colonial revival style that's very fashionable in the 1940s. I mean, think to like the establishment of Colonial Williamsburg. That's exactly what's going on here. Um, the stucco on the outside of the building is going to be removed to expose the stonework underneath. Uh, really, in the 1940s, Carter Hall almost becomes a completely different house. Um, very little of the original decorative work from the interior exists to this day. So in the 1970s, Carter Hall uh, is owned by a charity organization known as Project Hope. Project Hope is a medical charity. They do a lot of work providing medical care and support around the world, particularly to countries that are facing famine, uh, disease outbreaks, war, refugee crises. Uh, they have a floating hospital ship that would go to these places, um, providing direct medical care, providing support with doctors, medicine, and so forth. And Carter Hall was actually used by Project Hope for many decades as kind of a conference center, a gathering place, a meeting place, uh, kind of in support of their international mission. And it's only been in the last few years that it's become a residence again. Great. Thanks so much, Travis. Not a problem, Alex. My pleasure. I'm here now with Langdon Greenhalgh, representing the family that currently owns the Carter Hall Estate. Langdon himself is originally from Clark County. Thanks for joining us today, Langdon. Great to be here. Really appreciate the invitation and looking forward to having an interesting discussion around Carter Hall. Now, Langdon, we understand that Nathaniel Burrell is your fifth great-grandfather, and it's really exciting to hear that Carter Hall is coming back into your family. Is that what originally interested you in purchasing Carter Hall in the first place? We love Carter Hall for what it's always been. It's a beautiful historical property and a very special community. Previously, I actually conducted uh, humanitarian trainings for disaster response at Carter Hall when it was being used as an event location uh, run by Project Hope at the time. So I was spending a week uh, every three or four months there uh, at a time basically conducting these trainings. So I got to know Carter Hall really well through that. Uh, as a result, I fell in love with the property, fell in love with everything that it's about. 
uh, started to learn a lot about its history. And that's when I started to understand our own family connection to it. So while certainly, you know, that family connection is very strong. Uh, actually, my great grandmother was actually born at Carter Hall as well. Uh, I actually lived just down the road as well. So that helps. Uh, our family has um, uh, been living uh, in this area for hundreds of years, quite, quite literally. That's fascinating. And now what can you tell us about the process of actually acquiring the property? So we followed the sale of the property uh, at the time pretty closely. Uh, and basically, we were looking for an opportunity to make um, an investment in our community in this area uh, specifically. Uh, we also um, understood that uh, Max and Ruth Emma from, from Lock Store and the Buttery, you know, also in Millwood, uh, were looking at uh, making an investment in Carter Hall. So when um, the price got reasonable. Uh, that's when uh, we decided to enter into a partnership with with Max and Ruth from uh, from Lock Store there in Millwood, and uh, and explored the the purchase of the property itself. Uh, we're able to to find uh, a reasonable way to pursue that, and are really excited with um, uh, with where it is and and where it's headed. Well, that's that's great to hear about the community connection there. We really love hearing that. Uh, what can you tell us about your vision for the property going forward? So our vision is for Carter Hall, once again, to be the centerpiece of the vibrant local culture and unique community partnerships we have in Millwood and the wider community. Properties like Carter Hall, Lock Store, and more are what give our community so much of its character. It's imperative from our perspective that we maintain that. But we, to do that really successfully, especially for a property like Carter Hall, which requires immediate and long-term investment, we need to create a sustainable revenue model. Thus, we want Carter Hall to continue similarly to how it's been operated for the past 40 years, which is as an inn and event center. So really going ahead, what we're hoping to do is see Carter Hall as a fantastic space for hosting meetings, hosting, hosting conferences, events, uh, weddings, retreats, those types of things. Uh, more specifically, we've submitted an application to Clark County for a special use permit uh, to have Carter Hall operated as a country inn. That'll allow us to have 15 bedrooms and 149 people on the property at any time and allow us to do a lot of the events, uh, very special events that we hope to be able to do there in the future. So it sounds like you're working really closely with the Millwood community. Can you tell us a little more about how your plans for Carter Hall are compatible with the community's interests? We believe not only are they compatible, but they're also essential to protecting and enhancing the community going ahead. Our partnership in this project is rooted in our deep commitment to the community and our love for it. We've lived in Clark County a long time. We have our families here. Our children go to school here. We want what's best for our community. We see amazing opportunity to share this through what comes so naturally to all of us, our hospitality and genuine desire to welcome people to this special place. Carter Hall has the potential to be a place of shared gathering, benefit, drawing people to us and uplifting the entire community around us. We share a common commitment to strengthening our community through new economic opportunities and job creation, which is really important for our area. We also share an important commitment to conservation and historic preservation. We recognize the unique history and local heritage related to Carter Hall, and we're committed to both preservation and education to the benefit of generations to come, which has a really nice connection, I think, with obviously the Virginia and Piedmont heritage area Absolutely. work as well. Our goal is to share what makes our community so special while maintaining its essential fabric. Perhaps most importantly, we want Carter Hall to be more accessible to our community and those who want to visit. There are opportunities for historic tours, 
access to the grounds for walking and running, as well as the use of Carter Hall meeting spaces for community events. We see great opportunities for sharing, sales, and promotion of local products, art, and services. There are a lot of opportunities to come, and we feel like we're just scratching the surface in terms of the, uh, the possibilities ahead. Uh, we love hearing about the history of Carter Hall, its role in the community. Now, I was wondering, are there any other similar historic resources that you're looking to as a model or that have inspired your plans? I mean, the history of Carter Hall is just amazing. Uh, originally uh, started building in 1792, finished in 1798, built on original limestone taken from the ground. Uh, you know, there's a deep, deep connection in history there that uh, we're still learning about and really excited to, to learn even more going ahead. Um, we don't specifically have a, another property that we're looking to, to emulate or be like. Um, we see Carter Hall in our community as a very unique and special. We want Carter Hall to be true to itself and our community. However, we, we certainly appreciate other historical preservation efforts such as this, and we're happy to learn from others and vice versa. We don't pretend to have all the answers, but we are extremely committed and determined to make the project a great success. Now, speaking of the local community and community organizations, we understand that you all recently welcomed the Blue Ridge Huntback on the property for their opening meet, uh, and that your hospitality has been widely celebrated throughout the Fox Hunt community. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little more about how else you see Carter Hall being accessible to Millwood residents and the surrounding community at large. Yeah, we're opening the gates again. Uh, that hasn't always been the case um, in the recent past, and it's great to, great to have those gates back open. Many community events have been held at Carter Hall recently, including the Clark County Historical Association meeting. Uh, in the future, we'll be uh, temporarily out, uh, helping out a local church um, to use the estate during the winter until their heating is fixed. We're excited to welcome the Garden Club of Virginia to Carter Hall in the spring. A local orchestra will hopefully play on the Carter Hall grounds next year. We're also excited about the possibility of hosting a Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area event at Carter Hall in 2023 as well. Love to hear that. <laughs> so uh, we just see uh, a range of opportunities for these types of events and engagement with the community going ahead and really welcome that. Now, Langdon, earlier you mentioned Max and Ruth from the lock store, and we all know what an important part of the community they are, and we're, we, you know, we couldn't be happier to hear that they're involved in the project. Can you share a little more about their role in this and, you know, what all they've done in Millwood that has been good for the community. Max and Ruth are just great partners, uh, I think, for the community and certainly for us at, at Carter Hall as well. Uh, we've been working with them from the very beginning, literally working them now on a daily basis in terms of the both the visioning of where this is headed, but also the nuts and bolts of the management of the property itself. Uh, they obviously bring a huge amount of experience and knowledge in the hospitality industry. That's not our background, so we're really leaning on them in a lot of different ways when it comes to uh, the management running of of such an important um, uh, location. Max and Ruth have a lot of success in doing events and uh, various different types of uh, successful conferences and meetings, uh, weddings, those types of things. And, uh, and they're going to be really taking uh, a significant role in terms of the overall management of the property going ahead. Um, right now, we're all working very closely together in terms of uh, basically a lot of the renovations, a lot of the improvements to the property that we're looking to, to make um, at this point in time. Well, that's all great to hear. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing all that with us. Uh, but before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like the Heritage Area community to know about? Just that this is a great opportunity to connect with organizations like your, your own, uh, with people in the area. So we're open to 
a range of partnerships in our area. We look forward to learning more about how Cardo Hall can positively contribute to our community. It's great to be a part of this community. We highly value it and really appreciate this opportunity to, to talk with you today. Uh, really beneficial in a number of different ways. So it sounds like you've obviously faced a lot of challenges uh, with this, but are really working with the community to, to overcome those and make you know, Carter Hall into a success story going forward. So um, maybe you know, in closing, could you just leave us with a little bit more information about that? I think um, doing what we're doing is a hard, hard thing. It's going to take a lot to do it and do it right. And I think when we do that, um, the support from the, the wider community is sincerely appreciated. And we felt that a lot, uh, a lot from our community. We've talked with a lot of neighbors. We've talked with a lot of people in the area who really appreciate that the doors are back open again, who appreciate what we're trying to do in terms of support to the community, being engaged with the community in really meaningful ways going ahead. So um, we're just thankful more than anything else for, for everything the community's given us in terms of the support and um, the overall direction this is going. It's, it's really exciting and we're, we're looking forward to seeing where it all leads. As we've learned today, Carter Hall is one of the most important historic resources in Clark County, and the community has been very concerned, but also hopeful, for what its future is going to look like. As we've seen so often, frequently priceless historic resources, such as this, will fall into the hands of major developers or other parties who just don't have any interest in soliciting and heeding feedback from the community or in preserving our valuable historic sites. Today we've heard about what sounds like an exciting and inclusive solution where the current owners of the property are working to thread the needle of running a successful business, but also being sensitive to the needs and the interests of the community and working to ensure that their vision of Carter Hall is incorporated into the fabric of the local community in Millwood, Greater Clark County as well. It's an exciting time, but we do know that there are still people who have concerns and reservations about whether the new owners will deliver on their commitment to keep the home accessible to the public and to make it a valid resource for locals. From what we've seen and heard today, they're off to a good start, and we hope they will continue to lead by example and maintain an open dialogue with local residents and partners in the community. As for us, as Langdon said, VPHA is working on a public program at Carter Hall, and we're excited to explore its history with our followers in the spring of 2023. And in the meantime, we will continue to follow this as it evolves, and we hope that it will be added to the list of long-term preservation success stories that we, along with our preservation partners, and most importantly, listeners like you, have worked over the years to protect for future generations. Thanks for joining us today to learn more about important preservation issues in the heritage area, and please tune in to next month's episode of Piedmont Crossroads, when we'll be back to discuss the imminent preservation threat to the historic Philmont Horse Show grounds. We also have several special programs coming up, including an event on the Battle of Unison at the historic home of Pelham, scheduled for the evening of Saturday, August 20th. To find out more about our upcoming events, visit our website at piedmontheritage.org, where you can also find information about becoming a VPHA member and supporting our mission of preservation through education. And for any questions, please give us a call at 540-687-6681 or send us an email at info at piedmontheritage.org. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.